0: out of me, where Jesus has said, the Holy Spirit has anointed me to preach the gospel. And it suddenly struck me. Do you know the simplest things and the most profound? You can't preach the gospel in power without the Holy Spirit. And what the Holy Spirit does is he lifts you out of the becoming into the being, out of the one day and the by and by to the is, is today. And so we're going to talk about that today. So the the title of this message is, Do Not Say Four More Months lift up your eyes, praise God. So open your Bibles to Luke chapter 4, because we're going to read from there. Now, if you remember that phrase where Jesus had said that, it was actually in John 4 when he spoke to the woman at the well, the Samaritan woman, and she had ran off into the town to bring back people, and the disciples said to Jesus, you know, listen, do you not want to eat something? They weren't really seeing what was happening, and Jesus said to them, do not say four more months and then the harvest. I know you say that. Lift up your eyes. The fields are white unto harvest. And what was going on there was that the disciples were thinking that what was happening was something, something on the way to something better. This little Samaritan village was just a stop-off point on the way to something better. And you see, I, I, my testimony is that for years, I looked almost on life as waiting for something better. That's how church used to work, you know. It was always, we were waiting. We were waiting for some great day. You know, some great day of revival. And then this this Sunday morning, any Sunday morning, that was just somewhere you stopped off on the way to somewhere better. And I want to show you this morning, that is not how the Holy Spirit speaks. That is not how the Holy Spirit ministers. He wants to open our eyes to see, in fact, who we are and where we are and the amazing day that we're actually in. So stop looking on these days, as just somewhere on the road to somewhere better. Stop living as if real life, The real presence of God, the harvest of eternal life, is always a few months away or a few weeks away or a few years away. Lift up your eyes. The harvest is here. Eternal life is freely available because the seed that had to fall into the ground for such a harvest already fell. Christ fell into the ground. He said himself, I am the seed. And Unless a grain of wheat falls in the ground and dies, it cannot produce a harvest The harvest, Paul said to the Corinthians, when Christ was rose from the dead, that was the first fruits. So you see, the harvest began on that day. The first fruits, eternal life is freely available to us because Christ rose from the dead. So we'll be looking at that this morning. The resurrection of Christ was the beginning of that harvest. What is the harvest? A world reconciled to God and their sins forgiven, not in part, but in whole a world reconciled to God, and God no longer counting their sins against them. That's the harvest. But they're not going to see that or be that unless the light comes, and that comes through the preaching of the gospel. So look at chapter 4 of Luke. This is Jesus, and uh, he's just come out of the desert. He's beginning to minister in the power of the Spirit. And Luke 4, from verse 14, it says, Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit. And news about him spread through all the surrounding district. And he began teaching in their synagogues, and he was praised by all. And he came to Nazareth, that's his hometown, where he'd been brought up. And as was his custom, he entered the synagogue on the Sabbath, and he stood up to read. And the book of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. And he opened the book, and he found a place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives, and recovery of sight to the blind, and to set free those who are oppressed, to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord. And he closed the book, and he gave it back to the attendant, and he sat down, and the eyes of all in the synagogue were fixed on him. And he began to say to them, Today, praise God. Today, this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. And I want to show you that the reason Jesus was ministering in the power of the Spirit is he was living in the today. See, the whole world was waiting for that day and he was it today. Remember when he said to Martha, I am the resurrection. So here he was. Heaven breaking into the earth. You see, when Jesus is there, it is the day. Praise God, it is the day. There is no better day than Christ standing with you. That's today. Of course, they didn't understand what he meant because they looked at him after the flesh. Here, worse than anywhere. At least in the other synagogues, they had a good report of not here. Why not? Because they knew him after the flesh. We know this man, we know his mother, we know his brothers and sisters. Isn't he the carpenter's son? You see, they saw him so much after the flesh, they could not accept the word today. And the more you see yourself after the flesh, the more you cannot work or move in the power of the gospel, which is today your sins have been forgiven. Today you are with Christ. Praise God. Can anybody say amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. <coughs> Praise the Lord. Okay, oh gosh, I've got so much to say this morning. Today, today, what is it to to minister in today? The scripture said that Jesus came out of the wilderness in the power of the desert. And here in Nazareth, he declares the power of the anointing of the Spirit is on him to preach the gospel. So I want to ask a question this morning. What does that mean? Because surely if Jesus needed the anointing of the Holy Spirit to preach the gospel, do we not need that? I say, it's strange, you know. I'm going to ask you a little question in a little while. Why why did Peter need to be anointed of the Holy Spirit to preach the gospel? Why do people need to be anointed of the Holy Spirit to preach the gospel? What does it mean to be anointed of the Holy Spirit? I'm going to show you something beautiful this morning about what it means to see, because the answer I want to give you is that it is to see what heaven can see and speak of it as a present reality, not a future hope. Do not say, four more months, and then... Lift up your eyes. Today is. Today is. Praise God. So for the church to preach the gospel in power, our eyes have to open to see something. Something disciples could see about Jesus. Something that they knew was the key to how he preached the gospel in power. Let me read you from Acts 10. This is what Luke wrote about Jesus. Acts 10 verse 38. God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power. And he went around doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil because, who can finish the verse? Because God was with him. With him. What is it to minister in the power of the Spirit? It is to live with God. Not hoping to one day be with God, but today. God is with us, Emmanuel. Amazing, isn't it? I'm going to show you this right the way through the Scriptures. To come under the unction of the Holy Spirit is to know that God is with you. And that's the work of the Holy Spirit, to open our eyes to see that. It's so beautiful. It is to live from the reality of your present union with him, not the hope of some future union. Remember what Jesus said to his disciples about the phrase, with God. He said, with man, it's impossible, but with God All things are possible. You see, with God, you can speak to the blind as if they can see. With God, you can speak to the deaf as if they can hear. With God, you can speak to the dead as if they're alive. With God, you can speak to the unclean as if they are clean. Now I'm going to show you what it is to preach the gospel in the spirit. Is to address people from Christ's record, not from theirs. This is a revelation of the Holy Spirit. Praise God. So to preach the gospel in the power of the Spirit, to preach with God, is to speak to people not of what might be if their earthly record changes, but of what is, because Christ exchanged their earthly record for his. Not in part, but in whole. We sang it this morning. I'll say that again. To preach the gospel in the power of the Spirit is to preach with God. It is to speak of people, not of what might be, if their earthly record changes, but of what is, because Christ exchanged their earthly record for his. Praise the Lord. That's what Paul said when he said, lift up your eyes, Colossians. He said, see by the Spirit, you died. You died, and your life now is hidden with Christ and God. So for me to live in the power of the Spirit is not to say, one day I will be with God. To live in the power of the Spirit is to see, and so be able to say, today. Today, God is with me. Today God is with me. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness, you know. Now I know we live in a realm where we don't say that, and that's not how we're seen. And we live in Nazareth. Come on. You going home now to Nazareth, it's your hometown. All your children know you, your friends know you, you know, and they look at you and they look at your life and they go, I don't see heaven in your life. I don't see that. And that's where we come together. Because the Holy Spirit will have us to speak to each other after the Spirit, not after the flesh. Everybody out there will speak to you after the flesh. Everybody knows you by earthly record. Where can you go to have somebody speak to you after the Spirit and not after the flesh? If you can't come here, where can you go? The Lord says, if the church cannot speak like this, where will anybody hear words from heaven if the church don't begin to speak in this language? If we don't declare to people who they are because of Christ, how are they to believe and so become who they are, so the church remains powerless, because the power is to be with God. Now, that's a revelation, and I thank God we're growing in that revelation. We're growing up in that. We're growing up in that. I find myself growing up in that. I see you growing up in that. How do I know? Because as you grow up, things fall off, praise God. You know, when you grow up, your clothes don't fit you anymore. There's some things, some names people address you by, and they don't fit you anymore, you know? Maybe you used to think of yourself as a victim. Maybe other people used to think of yourself as a victim. Maybe they give you a label. It doesn't fit anymore. You're growing out of it. It simply doesn't fit. You can cast it away because that's not who you are because you're growing up into who you really are in Christ. Mm -hmm. Praise God. So the Holy Spirit is given that we may see what heaven sees in order that we may speak from a heavenly perspective And so when you see what heaven sees, when Paul, what Paul calls setting your eyes on things above, I mean, it's a beautiful thing, really. That is to see that you died and your life is, your life is now hidden with Christ and God. So to speak by the power of the Spirit, as one who sees what the Spirit sees, you simply cannot say, one day I will be with God, or even four more months and then, or even four more minutes and then. There is no power in any gospel that speaks of one day in the by and by. <laughs> and the devil doesn't mind you believing that one day in the by and by as long as you never believe it's today. You know, the devil does not mind thousands of people coming together and praying that the Holy Spirit would come as long as they'll never believe it's today. Never. Because there's only power in living in today as the day that he forgive our sin in whole, not in part, and in whole, if we pray long enough, no, in whole, that we can live from that realm, you see? Now, that's a revelation of the Spirit, and this is why we need the gospel preached in power, because the church is blinkered and blinded by the Spirit of the world, which keeps promising what we could be if we try harder. No, you are who you are by the grace of God. And that's why he preached the gospel of grace, that people would rise up to be who they are by the grace of God. And then see other people as they are by the grace of God. And speak to them in that way that they may be who they are by the grace of God. That's the power of the Spirit. The power of the Spirit is given that we may see things in a totally different way, that we may speak in a totally different way. What a way for Jesus to speak. What? To say to the blind, you can see, to say to the imprisoned, you're free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour in the midst of a Roman oppression. Can you see that you have to see something totally different to say that? And that's what it meant when it said he was anointed of the Holy Spirit. Praise God. So the devil doesn't mind you preaching that the Holy Spirit is about to come, or even that Jesus is about to come back just as long as the church keeps living as if God with us is a future hope, not a present reality, because there's no power in that message except to make the hearts of Christians sick, because hope deferred makes the heart sick. But the gospel is a dream fulfilled. A dream fulfilled is a tree of life, you see. So to preach what is, is to bring people to the tree of life. To preach what could be, is to bring them to the knowledge of good and evil. And maybe if they learn a little bit more of that, something might change. No. Maybe if you've been in church for 30 years, you've realized, learning and learning and learning doesn't change anything. It's the anointing of the Holy Spirit that lifts our eyes to see what is, not what might be if I have a better year this year. Praise God. Four more months and then God will do something. That is not the gospel. To proclaim the gospel in power is to proclaim a dream fulfilled. It is to say to the world, do not say four more months. Lift your eyes. Christ and him resurrected is a dream fulfilled and a tree of life for all who will eat of it. Praise God. So every time we see the New Testament saying something like, lift your eyes, and the whole book is full of that expression, lift your eyes, lift up, look up, look up, look up, look up. That's talking about seeing in the power of the Holy Spirit, praise God. And it's calling believers to live in the power of the Spirit, to live seeing the present reality that heaven sees, our union with Christ, God with us today, praise God. So lift up your eyes, really, is a call for us to live in the power of the spurs. Because you can only live as someone with God to the extent that you see how with God you are. You can only live as someone with God to the extent that you see how with God you are. And that's why we preach the gospel of God's grace. That eyes would open to see the reality that heaven sees. For when you see that, you will be free. For you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free from spending a lifetime always becoming, but never being, praise God. So Jesus came out of the desert in the power of his birth because he was seeing, praise God, how with God he was. And, you know, what kept him through that desert experience was those words of his father, remember, at his baptism. Behold, my beloved son, with whom I'm well pleased. Jesus hadn't done one thing, but because he knew who he was, he came out of that desert not feeling he had to do something in order to become the Son of God. Remember, that's the temptation of the devil. Well, if you are the Son of God, come on, if you are a Christian, why don't you do something miraculous? Why don't you heal a few people or go out and see a few people saved? If you are, why don't you? You see what that is? It's actually a lie saying you're not yet. That's the original lie. Well, if you eat of this tree, you could become like God. Lie. You see, that's the not yet. You could become, you could become, you could become. It's pointing to you as your hope. It sounds good, and if you look at yourself in your earthly eyes and you think, oh my God, look at the state of me, that's, that's true, I need that, I should become something better. That's not seeing by the Spirit. That's seeing yourself according to your earthly record. It's not seeing by the Holy Spirit. You're given the Holy Spirit that you see something totally different. And that's what it is to preach the gospel. It's to preach it seeing something totally different. Question, why do we need to see how with God we now are? Because if you don't see how with God you are, you'll remain vulnerable to the temptation to try and make yourself with God, to make yourself with God. And so I mean, that's where the flesh comes in, really, you know and we'll come back to that. This is what happened all over the world when people try and make themselves with God. The more we become rooted and grounded in the reality of the love of the Father, His spirit with us, the more our eyes open to see that His love is a love that requires nothing from us. For in Christ, His love accomplished everything that needed to be accomplished, for us to know with God as our present reality. So Jesus came out of the desert so much in that reality of God with him that he didn't have to feel he had to prove himself to prove his parentage. He didn't, have to, he didn't try and prove himself. That was very confusing to his brothers and everybody else. They said, come on, do something. <laughs> they always said that to him. Do something great that people may believe in you. You know, And really was sort of poking at his identity. People didn't believe in him. He did not give himself over to that because he knew what was in a man. He knew that men are always trying to become something. He wasn't a man. He was the first human being. Jesus Christ was the first human being, not human becoming. Do you get that? (laughs) He knew exactly who he was, so he never looked to ministry to make a name for himself. He never looked to try and do something to convince himself of who he was, because the Holy Spirit convinced him of who he was. And that's why you and I are given the Holy Spirit. So we don't have to look to ministry to make a name for ourselves, because we're already convinced, thank you very much, if I never do one more thing from the Lord, that doesn't change who I am in Christ. Now begin there, and you'll do great things by the Spirit, praise God. But if you're not convinced of that, it's amazing what you'll do in the flesh to try and make that happen. And we'll come back to that, praise God. The more insecure we feel in our union with God in Christ, the more we feel we need to prove our parentage by doing something ourselves. And that's the reason the church is so full of works of the flesh purporting to be of the Spirit, Because multitudes of believers and not seeing by the Spirit are living as if with God is a state that must be attained rather than freely received by grace. We think, if only I could do a few miracles and heal a few people, then I would really know that God was with me. That's a confession of unbelief. And flesh always gives birth to flesh. No matter how much you dress it up, praise God. So that's the difference you could say between... uh, the way Jesus spoke, and name it and claim it? Because I always remember thinking, if I only just say these things and confess these things, then they'll happen. No, Jesus said, I, I don't speak words I hope for. I speak words I hear. Because he said to him, how come the, your words accomplish the miraculous? He said, because I'm not making this up. I'm seeing what the Father's doing, and I'm speaking that out. I'm hearing what the Father's saying, and I'm speaking that out. You see, he was living from with God. When you live from with God, you don't have to do anything yourself. That's lovely, isn't it? My burden is easy, my yoke is light. What a hard life trying to make a life for yourself. You know why the world is sick and stressed out? It's hard to try and become something in your own flesh, isn't it? When the whole world is measuring you. Oh, run, John, run, the law commands, but gives us neither feet nor hands. Far better news the gospel brings. It bids us fly and gives us wings. John Bunyan wrote that 400 years ago. Hasn't changed, you know. It's the hardest life in the world, the religious life, the life of trying to become holier, trying to get nearer to God. Better to die to that life and rise up a totally new life. Or even on your worst day, when everything around you has gone pear-shaped, you can say, it is well. It is well with my soul. Because I am who I am by the grace of God. Praise God. Praise the Lord. So, what lifts up our eyes If we're saying that lifting up our eyes and the anointing of the Holy Spirit is to see from a a totally different realm, what is it that lifts up our eyes? What lifts up our eyes to see is the preaching of the gospel in the power of the spurs. Because when the gospel is preached in power, what we once thought of as a deferred hope becomes for us a present reality. Now this happens sometimes in meetings. God is so good and so gracious. He loves us so much. He can manifest in such a powerful way in the midst of the deadest meeting. Anybody had the experience of that? You know, somebody can be preaching the biggest load of rubbish and people can get saved because God loves people so much. It's amazing, isn't it? His presence. And people, maybe you remember a meeting years ago where a prophetic word was spoken to you. And prophecy, and Granville used to say this, prophecy is not so much foretelling as forthtelling. So when somebody prophesied over you and laid their hands on you and said, my daughter, I declare to you, they, something in you jumped because you were hearing who you are. Not who you would be if you tried harder, but who you are. Now, whether that manifested in your life or not, sometimes what stopped it really from, from you growing in that was that you probably came back into a church environment where they told you, well, in part, yes, but the rest is down to you. <laughs> and as soon as anybody lays that on you, it really, it really hinders your growth, you know. So do not say four more months, and then I will be a mighty man or woman of God. Don't say that because that's not what God says. Does anybody here remember Gideon? Little man called Gideon. Do you remember him? When the Lord found Gideon hiding in an utterly depressed and disillusioned state, what did He say to him? I'm baptising myself this more. There you go. He didn't say to him, Four more months, Gideon." Four more months of prayer and fasting and then you'll be a mighty man. And then God will be with you. No, he found him in the worst state of his life and said, mighty man of God whom the Lord is with. That's what it is to speak in the power, you see. That's what it is. It's not to speak in any way as if it's down to you. That's the glorious gospel. Isn't it beautiful? Of course, Gideon was a man who didn't see that way. So it took him a while. Like it takes us a while in the church. Because in the church, we have all the same questions as Gideon. Well, if that's true, what about? We're great in Northern Ireland about the what about, aren't we? What about 30 years of this and 30? Thir- what about, what about, what about? Gideon said that again, again, and again. And eventually God says, don't you get it? I'm with you. You can go and defeat the Midianites because I am, I am, I am with you. Remember how shocked the angel Gabriel was when he spoke to uh, the father of John the Baptist behind the curtain in the temple? <laughs> And told him, your son is going to be anointed and filled with the Holy Spirit. And he's going to do this and going to do that. And, and John the Baptist's father, uh, Zachariah, said, that, that can't be. Uh, that can't be. I mean, my, my, my wife, she's in her 60s now. And we've never had a child. That, that can't be. The angel was shocked. He said, hello, I'm Gabriel. <laughs> <laughs> I stand in the very presence of God. And I'm telling you, and you don't believe your mouth will be shut from this time onwards. And that's what happened in the church. The church is not preaching the gospel of God's grace and power because we're saying, how can that be? Faith comes by. Woo! This is a good gospel. Praise the Lord. So what lifts our eyes? So there's Gideon. Praise the Lord. This is how God works, you see. He names you, not according to your earthly record, but according to his own purpose and grace given in Christ before the foundation of the world. At Second Timothy 1, verse 9. I love that verse. His calling on you, his name for you, is not according to your earthly record. Mary McHenry from Moville. Mm-hmm. See? Not according to your earthly record, Michelle Clark from Caron Hill. Not according, but according to his purpose and grace given in Christ before time began. Because to see from the Spirit is to see from the eternal realm. There's no beginning and end. We're living in Chronos time. Today is this, is it the 6th of February today? Yeah. Yeah, 2022. That's where our bodies are living in this earth. Theme. But you're also in Kairos time. For you today are seated in the heavenly realms with Christ and are one with Him. So you can minister either from the soulish realm where it sounds great this morning, but I don't feel like that. Drop well, my head down, have a rotten week. <laughs> That's the realm of the soul. Or you can begin to speak from the realm of the spirits and say to your soul, Come on, my soul. Come on, my soul. For I will yet praise Him. Because this is the truth. Praise the Lord. And your soul eats and drinks this, you know. This is life to our soul, this beautiful gospel. Praise God. So that's Gideon. What about Abraham? I love this because Nicola had that message about Abraham this morning, and she didn't know I would be speaking about Abraham. You see, Abraham was exactly the same because God named him father of many nations while he was childless. And as long as Abraham saw his state in the world as more real to him than God's name for him, then he always felt like father of many nations was something God was asking him to become rather than simply to be. So he tried to become the father of many nations. And the only way he knew to do that was to sleep with that slave girl, Hagar. And they had a son called Ishmael, and that's the power of the spirit. It's the difference between being and trying to become So we'll come back to that later because this is what we're going to see. In fact, Ishmael in your life and Ishmael in my life is what we have done with Hagar to try and become. I'll show you who Hagar is in a moment. Praise the Lord. So the Spirit of God speaks of what now is. Abraham, this is who you now are in my eyes. You are father of many nations. Gideon, you are a valiant warrior whom the Lord is with. Saul of Tarsus, on your way to kill more Christians, you are my chosen vessel to bring light to the, to, to, the, uh, to the Gentiles. So apart from the power of the Holy Spirit, we'll always speak as people hoping for what we're saying, rather as people seeing what we're saying. The Holy Spirit is given that we would see in such a way that our words speak of what is, not what might be. So to preach the gospel in the power of the Spirit is to speak of what is, not what might be. Why did Jesus' words carry so much power to change people's lives in a way that other teachers didn't? Well, when people asked him that question, this is what he said. Truly, I say to you, the Son can do nothing of himself unless it is something he sees the Father doing. For whatever the Father does, these things the Son also does in the same way. Apart from the power of the Holy Spirit, we'll always speak as people hoping for what we're saying rather than people seeing what we're saying. Oh, my goodness. Lord, open our eyes to see. Is that not what the prophet Elisha said when he was outside that city of Dothan?" They were surrounded by an enemy army, and his servant said, Oh, God, what's to become of us? We're doomed. And Elisha said, Lord, open his eyes. Open his eyes so he can see from the heavenly realm. And when he opened his eyes, he saw that the whole enemy army was surrounded by chariots of fire, praise God. And when God opens your eyes, you'll see that your sin was not forgiven in part, but in whole. And you are an entirely new creation, not becoming, you are. You begin from are. You begin from is. That's the difference between Christianity and every other religion in the world. Every other religion will say, start here and one day you'll be there. Christianity says, when you were dead in your sins, he raised you up. Praise God. He, you started with the greatest miracle of your life. Salvation is the greatest miracle of life. To come from death to life. And all that by the grace of God and by the power of the Holy Spirit. My goodness, we start in such a high place. That's so why when Jesus taught his disciples to pray, he said, well, let's start in the highest of heights, our Father. Can you start there? Oh, what? Disciples had never heard anybody pray like that. We can't pray like that. Whoever says, whoever starts there, when Jesus starts you, you start in the highest of heights. Praise God. When you join a church, it's all down hell. But when Jesus starts, yeah, you start from the highest of heights. Our Father. Praise the Lord. Our Father. He's our Father. And the Holy Spirit comes and pours into your hearts that you will say, Daddy, Abba, in our hearts. Praise the Lord. My goodness, I'm only halfway through this message. (laughs) All right. So Jesus spoke in the power of the Spirit because he wasn't speaking of things he was hoping for, but things he was seeing. So to speak then in the power of the Spirit is to speak of what you see the Father has done. So what has the Father done? Listen to this scripture. God was in Christ reconciling the whole world to himself and is now no longer counting their sins against them. If you can't see that, you can't preach the power of the, in the gospel and the power of the Spirit. I'll say that again. If you can't see what the Father's done, you can't preach the gospel and the power of the Spirit. If you can't see that the Word has been reconciled to God and he's no longer counting, you'll be a counter. You won't preach the full gospel because you'll count it. They're not worthy of it. I couldn't say that then. They're not worthy of it. That's exactly how Peter thought before he went to the house of Cornelius. We'll come to him in a moment. Praise God. What has the Father done? If you can't see that, then you cannot preach the gospel in the power of the Spirit, for you'll always preach it as if God is waiting for people to do something about their sins. To preach the gospel in the power of the Spirit is to see and proclaim what is because he lives, not what might be if you live long enough. That's worth saying again, isn't it? To preach the gospel in the power of the spirit is to see and proclaim what is because he lives not what might be if you live long enough. Then your hopes on you, isn't it? Why do you think this Holy Spirit had to lift Peter's eyes before he was sent to preach the gospel to the Gentiles for the first time? Remember Acts 10? Why didn't Peter just why didn't the Lord just say to Peter, "Go and preach the gospel"? Why did he have to lift his eyes to see a sheet coming down from heaven? Do you remember? Peter had to see something. He had to see something to be anointed by the Holy Spirit. And what he had to see and what he had to hear, and can anybody remember what the Holy Spirit said to him three times, do not call unclean what I have cleansed. Now, when he saw that, he could then go in the Spirit to preach the gospel. Because when he arrived at Cornelius' house, he was so much in the Spirit, he said to Cornelius, coming in the door, whoo! God has shown me, God has shown me, I am to call no man unclean. He was in the Spirit. He didn't always remain in the Spirit. A few years later, he was very much in the flesh when in Antioch, he refused even to eat with those people. He drew back, and the Apostle Paul rebuked him to his face and said, What are you doing? You were in the Spirit before. You saw them as our brothers. Now you're beginning to treat them after their earthly record. You see the difference between the flesh and the Spirit? So the Spirit was saying to Peter, Peter, don't go go there thinking four more months and then the harvest. Lift up your eyes and see from my perspective. Don't go there and speak to people of what they must do in order for God to save them. Declare to them what you've heard me say. Through Christ they are cleansed. And Peter arrived at that house seeing and speaking in the Spirit, and we all know what happened next. And if Peter hadn't seen those people first in the Spirit, seen them as God seen them, he would have changed the way he preached the gospel. He would have preached to them as if God was asking them to clean themselves up before he would save them. And that's pretty much the way the gospel is preached these days, in the flesh. That's not the gospel. The gospel is not the news of what might be if you. It is the news of what is, because Christ. The gospel is not the proclamation of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, that people may partake of that knowledge and then do something about the evil in their lives. The gospel is the proclamation of a dream fulfilled, the tree of life, that God has done for you what you could never do, no matter how much you ever came to know about good or evil. That's the gospel. So this morning we're talking about what it means to be in the power of the Spirit, to preach the gospel in the power of the Spirit. And I'm saying that to see by the Spirit is to see what now is from heaven's perspective. From God's perspective, he reconciled the world to himself in Christ and is, say is, is now no longer counting their sins against them, And so when he speaks to people, he does not speak to them according to their earthly record. And we are given the Holy Spirit that we would do the same. Yes. That we would see people after the Spirit. That's the work of the Spirit. Let me tell you something strange about that. I can't prepare to speak that way. I really can't. Jesus said to his disciples, you want to you minister in the power of the Spirit? Then don't worry about what you're going to say. You open your mouth and I'll give you the words to say, I find the most anointed things come out of my mouth when I'm off my notes. (laughs) You know what I mean by that? When you just meet somebody, I saw, I was saying this to, to Nicola recently, you know, there's something beautiful about a conversation. God is able to move through a conversation in a way he's not able to move through a proclaimed word by one person. You know, And I'm not degrading this. I love this. You know, I love preaching the gospel. I know God can do this. You know? But there's something about being in a conversation where people say something you weren't expecting and you say something you weren't expecting. When two or three are gathered, there I am in the midst. There's something about anointed conversation. You see, when you get this deeply rooted into your heart, you're going to have amazing conversations with people. You're going to speak to people who think they're absolutely hopeless. And you're going to address them in such a way that their whole vision is going to be changed about God, about themselves, about, about even that moment, about God with them. It's such a beautiful thing, praise God. So that's the gospel from God's perspective. And to speak from that heavenly record is to speak as if Christ was already crucified from before time began. And that's the way Jesus could actually speak to people. It's amazing, isn't it, that he began to speak in the spirit to people, and it made the religious leaders mad, you know, because he spoke to sinful people as if they were sinless. Asked Zacchaeus. Ask the woman caught in the act of adultery. Ask the man laid in through the roof, the cripple. What are you doing lying there? Get up, your sins are forgiven. You see? Because in the spirit, remember there's no beginning and end. The lamb was slain from before the foundation of the world. Praise God. So Jesus was applying, even before he went to the cross, he was dealing with people because he had no doubt he was going to the cross. You see, he had no doubt because in the Spirit, he knew what is in the Spirit. And in the Spirit, the Lamb was slain before the foundation of the world. There was never going to be a doubt about that. And so that is what it is to minister in the power of the Spirit. When you can see by the Spirit what all of heaven can see, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself and is no longer counting their sins against him, then you can see by the Spirit that you can regard no man after the flesh. Praise God. Okay, let me close by asking you one more question. What happens when we don't see that? When we don't see ourselves as the Spirit sees us? when we don't see ourselves according to the gospel of God's grace, but according to the flesh, well, let's ask Abraham. Praise the Lord. What did he do when he heard this wonderful message, you are father of many nations? And then he had to get up every morning and look in the mirror and say, it's not true. I'm not even a father. My servant is going to inherit everything I have. I must become whom God says I am. You see, if you will not believe who God says you are in Christ's then you've got nothing left but to try and become. And what do you have to do? You've got to sleep with Hagar. Hagar, the Galatians tells us, is quite clearly Mount Sinai, the law. Every time believers will not receive the gospel of God's grace, not receive who they are in Christ, they'll turn to the law. They'll sleep with the law in order to try and become, praise God. And what you will birth will be Ishmael. You will birth an identity that you're going to have to work with and work really hard to keep going. You know, there's many Christians have come to the end of their Ishmaels over COVID. They just got fed up. <laughs> there's many ministers too who have worked and worked and worked so hard to build a work that has fallen apart. I rejoice because anything is of the Spirit will never fall apart. Amen. The only thing that will be tried in the fire is what's of the flesh. It will die, praise God. But anything birthed by the Spirit will never die. The things that God says to you of the Spirit, they will never fall away. They'll always bear fruits. But sometimes we've got to go through. We, we weep over our Ishmaels. Abraham wept over his Ishmael. We weep over the works of our flesh. We were convinced that God was going to bless all our hard work and all our efforts. And then we weep over it when it comes to nothing. Rejoice, O barren woman, you who never bore a child, for many more of your children than the married woman. It's by the Spirit, not by might, not by power, but by my Spirit, says the Lord. And it's by the Spirit that these things happen. You see, God's able to say to you, you are today, Gideon, you are today, Abraham, who I declare you to be because I'm saying it. And the power to be is in my spoken word. That's why Jesus said, my words are Spirit and they are life. Go home and speak to somebody in the power of the Spirit and you'll see life flowing. Praise God. You'll see change in front of your eyes. Oh my goodness, this is exciting times we're living in. You know, when Abraham looked at at Hagar and thought, that's what I'll do. I'll sleep with Hagar. And then then I'll be a father of many nations. You know what all heaven was saying? Abraham, do not say nine more months and then the harvest. (laughs) Don't say nine more months and then I'll be a father. You're a father today. Don't wait another day in church. Don't wait another year in church to be a mighty man and woman of God. You are who you are by the grace of God praise God and the person that needs to be convinced more is yourself because Jesus came to his hometown and he was astonished that there were so few miracles in that place why because they knew him best after the flesh who knows you better after the flesh than you so start in Jerusalem to preach the gospel start here look at yourself in the mirror and preach the gospel to yourself that's why I love preaching here I'm not preaching to you I'm preaching to me You're just getting to listen, praise God. And I'm enjoying it. I love it, you know. I'm saying to my own soul, come on, this is good. This is the truth. This is life. This has set me free from tiredness and brokenness and always waiting for a better day. I'm not waiting for a better day. I'm living in the best day of my life, praise God. How could there be a better day to know that God loves you and accepts you today? How could there be another day? How could there be a better day? All of heaven is saying, do not say four more months. Today's the day. Today's the day. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God.